It's time to meet the next generation of Columbus Blue Jackets. This is the Pipeline Podcast, presented by Ruoff Mortgage. Let's see who's coming down the pipeline today with your host, Dylan Tyre. Welcome to another edition of the Pipeline Podcast. It's great to be back, and this week I am especially pumped to talk Blue Jackets prospects. And that's because it's that time of year again, the World Junior Championship right around the corner. The Blue Jackets are going to have four representatives at this year's tournament, so some added excitement there on top of just the usual best-on-best prospects around the world going at it. But the four representatives for the Blue Jackets, and then lots of highly, highly talented draft-eligible players in 2024. So you might be saying to yourself, hey, it's a little bit early to be looking at the 2024 NHL entry draft. We don't know where the Blue Jackets are going to pick. But hey, allow yourself to get excited here. There's some serious talent led by Macklin Celebrini on Team Canada, who's expected to go number one overall in 2024. So you're going to be able to get an early look at some players like that. So with all of this in mind, I wanted to invite on somebody that knows everything there is to know about these prospects, and that is Chris Peters. Chris Peters works for Flow Sports. You might be very familiar with Chris because he's joined us each of the last three years on the Pipeline podcast to preview this very same World Junior Championship. He also spoke with us ahead of the 2023 NHL entry draft to talk about who the Blue Jackets might pick there. That, of course, ended up being Adam Fantilli. But the point here is that Chris knows everything there is to know about prospects with organizations already and draft-eligible prospects. So he is the perfect guy to have on to preview the World Junior Championship. So we're going to talk about some draft-eligible guys to watch with Chris, but we're also going to talk about the Blue Jackets' prospects in this tournament. Like I mentioned before, there are four of them. One for Team USA, that's Gavin Brindley. This is his second consecutive World Junior Tournament. He played last year, and the Blue Jackets selected Gavin Brindley in the second round of the 2023 draft out of Michigan. Then they have two representatives on Team Canada, defenseman Denton Matejchuk, who they selected 12th overall in 2022. He has had a fabulous season with the Moose Jaw Warriors in the WHL. And then Jordan Dumais, who is the MVP of the QMJHL last year, he is off to another blistering start with the Halifax Mooseheads. He's a forward that the Blue Jackets selected in the third round in 2022. He's also going to be on Team Canada. Then the Blue Jackets' final representative is Oiva Keskinen, forward for Team Finland, who they selected in the 2023 draft in the seventh round. So we'll get to know a little bit about Oiva Keskinen with Chris. And how about we get right to it? Let's not waste any more time. Here he is, Chris Peters of Flow Sports. Very pleased to be joined right now by Chris Peters of Flow Sports. Chris just knows everything there is to know about prospects, uh, the World Junior Championship. I know all of our listeners on the Pipeline podcast love it when we have Chris on because he has just such a wealth of knowledge. So, Chris, first and foremost, before we get going, thanks very much for doing it again. This is year three, I think, of you and I doing a World Juniors preview for the Blue Jackets. Well, I'm I'm happy to do it. It's you know it's obviously fun. For me, I, I, it's my favorite tournament. You know, it's my favorite time of year. Even, you know, I love the draft, obviously. Covering the draft <laughs> is a lot of fun. There's something to be said for this being like actual games and not hypotheticals that I really enjoy. Um, so, <laughs> you know, so that's kind of kind of fun. But yeah, I'm, I'm super excited and, and it's always great to be with you. So thanks for having me, Dylan. 
All right. If you're not aware, the World Junior Championship technically begins in 2023, but it's called the 2024 IIHF World Junior Championship. The puck will drop on December 26th in Gothenburg, Sweden. And let's get started talking about Team USA because the Blue Jackets have some interest there with a Team USA returner, the guy that they drafted in the second round out of the University of Michigan uh, in the 2023 draft, and that is Gavin Brindley. So, Tell me, Chris, what sort of role is Gavin Brindley going to play for Team USA? Yeah, you know, the, the great thing that the U.S. has at their disposal is, is depth at the forward position. So, you know, don't be shocked if you see Gavin Brindley on the third line for Team USA, um, but expect him to be on the power play, expect him to be one of the top penalty-killing forwards. Um, if you are a Blue Jackets fan, you've watched any of University of Michigan, you have seen, and I, and I understand if you didn't because I know that there's <laughs> might be a little bit of a rivalry there, um, if you, you know, the thing about Gavin Brindley is he is a, 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 an unrelenting motor, you know, has this unrelenting motor that makes him noticeable in every single game that you watch. The work ethic is off the charts, but then he's got speed, he's got skill. Um, so he can score the likelihood of him playing alongside Frank Nazar, um, and Isaac Howard looks very promising. And that's so basically USA, we're not talking about top six, bottom six, we're talking about top nine, fourth line. That's kind mm -hmm. of the situation that they're in, but with Brindley in particular, in particular, he is going to be, you know, one of team USA's most versatile forwards, which means he's going to get quite a bit of ice time. Um, it looks like he'll play in the bumper position on the second power play unit, at least at this stage, we'll see if that changes. Um, but to be in a position in the top nine, you know, and to be the only non first round pick, and it's not like he's very far away from being a first round mm -hmm. pick, just a couple picks into the second round. Um, He's of the top nine. He's the only one. So that just goes to show you. He's also, you know, a returning player, and that experience matters a ton. Um, but I fully expect Gavin Brindley to play a gigantic role for Team USA and to be one of those guys that they need going if they're going to win the tournament. I want to ask you about William Whitelaw because he was one of the final cuts for Team USA. You know, selfishly, I was hoping that William Whitelaw would make the team just because that's another Blue Jackets draft pick. They picked him in the third round in 2023. He's a freshman right now at the University of Wisconsin. But why was William Whitelaw a final cut for Team USA? Yeah, you know, I, I think it came down to there There were a couple of things. I, I always felt like if he was going to play, it was probably going to be in the top nine. And it just there wasn't really the spots available. The big question coming into camp is if Rucker McGrory would be healthy Um and even though he hasn't yet been cleared, it, it looks like it's trending that way that he'll be able to play. So I think Whitelaw was the USA, I thought, brought one more forward than they initially planned to because of McGordy's injury. And so the the margin of error was very small for anybody to not make it. Um, and so for, for William Whitelaw, I think it was just a matter of, OK, well, he's not going to be in our top nine. He's not going to be a penalty killer for us. What where's the role? Um, and frankly, that role didn't materialize. Um, so in all likelihood, if he would have gone, he could have been the 14th forward. And then you only play in the event of injury. And that's not something if you're a Blue Jackets fan, you don't want a player to sit around, especially when Wisconsin has a holiday tournament that they're hosting. There's all these other opportunities. So best case scenario was him making the team, obviously, in the in the in the 13. I just don't think that there was a role that was defined for him, especially when you look at, okay, well, we have eight first round draft picks in our top nine. We've got multiple, we've got a, a couple of first rounder and second rounders on our second line or fourth line rather, you know, so it's just, uh, you have to find a fit. The good news for him, he can come back next year and be a part of this team. And I think he very well will, you know, will he'll be very firmly in the mix for next year's club. All right. Speaking of cuts, were there any surprises for team USA? 
Well, I, you know, I think if you look at summer and the way the first half of the season went, I think it, it is a little bit surprising that James Hagan's the, the 2025 draft eligible was uh, left off the roster. However, sim- similar situation, USA found kind of a, a place where they, they had, you know, record McGordy healthy. I think they felt very comfortable with cutter Gauthier as their number one center. Um, you know, then, then after that, you've got Will Smith playing on a line that with guys that he's already been playing with all year, you've got Frank Nazar on a line with guys that he's been playing with most of the year, or at least played with at the national team development program. James Higgins is not a fourth liner. You don't want your underage player as a 13th or 14th forward. Um, you know, they didn't even have him skate in the last skate because, Hey, it's like, let's get back to business for the U 18s because, he, he had a game that night. So he ended up playing for, for team USA and the under 18 team um, after he was let go. And it, it says way more about the roster, the quality of the roster than it does about James Higgins as a prospect. He is to me, you know, the next big thing in us hockey. Um, I think he's like the, the next Jack Hughes kind of player. Um, and so for him to not be here, it's certainly disappointing for him. And, and after this summer, he looked like he could legitimately play in their top six. It's just, I think it's a lot to ask of a 17 year old player, especially in this group. So that was the surprise, but in the end, not a huge surprise just because of the way that everybody else played in camp. And and you want an older team. You typically compete better with an older team. And that will be the case for Team USA, right? There are just a couple of draft eligible players on this team. And, you know, where the Blue Jackets are in the standings right now, I think it's valuable to at least talk about those players. Can you tell us about the two 2024 draft eligible guys on Team USA? Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's Sam Hillebrandt is is one of them um in being that that he's he he was he's the third goalie. He's probably not going to play. Um I don't necessarily think he's going to get drafted either. Um but you know, he's he's a re-entry um on that and then, you know, so that's, you know, we're talking about guys that are essentially undrafted, but the one that if you are a Blue Jackets fan that you absolutely want to pay attention to because he's going to be a very high draft pick is Zeev Booyam. Uh, and Zeev Booyam is, you know, he's he's a, a, probably right at six feet uh, in terms of his height. Um, his older brother is 6'2", so you never know. Maybe there's more there. His mom was a pro basketball player. Um, but Zeev Booyam uh, is the highest scoring defenseman in college hockey right now with 25 points for the University of Denver. He's doing that as a true freshman. He's doing that as a draft-eligible player. He is ahead of the pace that Lane Hudson set last year. And we were talking all about Lane Hudson. Hey, this is the U19 best U19 scorer among defensemen since Brian Leach in college hockey. This is amazing. Zeb Booyam is ahead of that pace this year. Um, he's also going to be in USA's top four with Lane Hudson, with Seamus Casey, with Ryan Chesley. That's going to be USA's top four D. The one thing is Zeb Booyam, there's no power play spot for him because they have Lane Hudson and Seamus Casey who are older, more experienced players. But if you are uh, a fan of puck moving defensemen, I mean, and and with Columbus, you know they they have Denton Matejchuk, so you know it's like, eh, you know, is this the is this the kind of target that you would want to have? But boy, is he a lot of fun to watch. You know, I think that he's 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 already, I think he's he's close to or has matched Quinn Hughes' freshman year scoring from his draft year, and we're not even in December. We're just not even in the second half of the year. So that's the quality of offense that Zeb Williams bring to the table. Incredibly skilled, really good skater, and his defensive game has improved. Still has ways to go, but it has improved. And uh, I think he's going to be one of those guys that you absolutely have to watch closely in this tournament. How good is Team USA going to be? Like, is Team USA a legitimate gold like favorite here? What are we talking? I know, I know. At least internally, 
their sense is it's it's gold or bust. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I they 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 probably will never say that out loud. But I you just talk to the players, you talk to the staff. There's a feeling that this team can win gold. Deepest forward group in the tournament by far, probably the best goaltending tandem in the tournament. Um, not by far, but certainly there. Um, a highly mobile defensive group that has a lot of offense on it. My question is, is how are they going to defend the interior? They're not a huge team. They've, you know, they're especially on the blue line. Um, you know, how much support, like when they do play bigger teams, because like even Slovakia, Czechia, they've got big forwards. They're going to drive the net, Canada, you know, so you have to be ready for that. I think that they can handle it. They've got enough guys to do that. But, you know, when I look up and down, when you say eight first round draft picks in your top nine, you know, it's not just that they're first round draft picks. It's that they are like superstar players in college hockey right now. That You know, you look at Will Smith, Gabe Perot, Ryan Leonard as a line, and they are among the top scorers in college hockey as freshmen. They set all sorts of records at the NTDP last year and dominated the under 18 world championship. You know, putting that group together and just plug and play, it's, it's, it's a cheat code, I think, for Team USA. Um, having Rucker McGrady healthy is critical to this. You know, it, it's not that on the ice, it's could they have replaced him? Yes, they could have. They had enough players. But I think he's like the emotional leader of this team. He's the he's the the guy that everybody rallies around. Having him here was pretty critical as well. So you look up and down this lineup and you say, who's going to beat him? Sweden, maybe. I think Sweden's got a great team. Canada, you know, we'll see if they get anybody from the NHL. But I think this U.S. team and this age group in particular, the the 2004s, they've they they went to the Youth Olympics and got silver. They went to the World Under 18s. They got silver. They were at the many of them were at the World Juniors last year. They got bronze. This they they are missing as an age group that one gold medal, and that is a very motivating factor for these guys. All right, their biggest rival is obviously Team Canada. But before we before we go with Team Canada and talk Denton Matejchuk and Jordan Dumay. Let's take a brief stop with Team Finland and talk about Oiva Keskinen, who the Blue Jackets drafted in the seventh round of 2023. He's a rookie right now with Topra in Finland, and he's off to a pretty good start. I mean, 15 points in 29 games. That's not too shabby for a first-year player in that league. What do you know about Oiva Keskinen? Because I'll tell you, here in Columbus, we don't know very much. <laughs> you might know a little bit more than me. No, I, I, I you know, obviously <laughs> I've seen I've seen him play. Um, and you know, I think that. Yeah, you love when you see a, a late draft pick step into the pros at this age, at this point, and, and have some success. You know, he's very good in the U-20 ranks last year. Um, you know, he's he's got decent size. He's got some some sturdiness to him, which I think helps a ton. And then you also look at, you know, with the U-20 team this year, he played his way onto this team. He, he forced his way onto this team with uh, the many different uh, side events that they've done in preparation for this tournament. Um, he was a point per game player in those games, made an impact that way. You know, is he going to be super noticeable? I don't think so. But at the same time, he's going to be, you know, if Finland is going to have any success, it's going to have to be the depth of their lineup really stepping up. And he's going to have to be one of those guys because, you know, they, they have a very shallow blue line for Finland. So the forward group is going to be asked a lot of at this tournament. Um, and so you need everybody going. And so this will be a great opportunity to see kind of what he's like. And one thing I will say about the world juniors, it very often is 
a great indication of what kind of role that player is going to play in their future. Because all these guys are top line players or, you know, not in the pros, but like they 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 play established roles at the U20 level. They come into this tournament and they're, okay, your third line, your fourth line. And this is where the, you know, the separation when everybody is good, what happens? And that's the kind of thing where you could, you can get a glimpse. It's not always the case. You can get a glimpse of what that player is going to be at the NHL level by seeing what role they play at the world juniors at this stage of their career. So it's, it's, it's fun in that regard. All right. Time to talk team Canada. I think Denton Matejchuk's probably going to be a huge part of that team, right? So what do you envision Matejchuk's role being on the blue line? And before we get going, if you're listening to this right now and you're like, who the heck is Denton Matejchuk? The blue jacket selected him in the first round in 2022. So Chris, tell us what sort of role Denton Matejchuk will play. Well, you know, I think it's certainly just playing to his identity, which is to say, high-end puck-moving defenseman, a guy that gets pucks up ice, um, a guy that I think we'll see some power play time with Canada as well. Um, just going to double-check their their, uh, their – yeah, he's on power play one in, in practice at the moment. And so, you know, that's that's a great thing. When you look at this this roster and you say, okay, well, they've got size on the back end, they've got some really good defenders, they need that dynamic element. And I think that's what Matejchuk brings. He was a guy I was very high on in his draft year. I have not changed from that that opinion just because I think that he has continually shown that, you know, he can do just about anything you need him to. And he's going to do it with a lot of points on his record as well. And, you know, getting to go, going back to the, to the dub this year, getting an opportunity to continue his development, you know, he's going to arrive pretty ready. And so I think we'll see him kind of in that top four situation for Canada where he's playing significant minutes. He's, he's a guy that they need to move pucks their forward group for Canada this year is a little shallower than previous years. You look at last year's roster and it's not fair. They only have one returning player on this team, Owen Beck, and he played three games at the last world's uh, world juniors. So this is a very inexperienced Canadian team, um, but they are also very 19 year old heavy on this roster as well. So it's despite not having much experience, they are going to be one of the older teams in the tournament and a guy like Denton Matejchuk, you know, with him, Tristan Luno, like that blue line could be the strength of this team in the end. And I think Matejchuk is right at the center of that. Yeah. And I know Blue Jackets fans saw Matejchuk play a lot in the preseason. And, you know, he looked like he he might have a chance, you know, with the Blue Jackets. It's not like he didn't belong here. And he's gone on to be a beast with Moose Jaw this year, 35 points in 24 games. And I guess with points on the mind here, Jordan Dumais, all this guy does is is pick up points. So, you know, he didn't make Team Canada for the World Juniors last year. But what sort of role will he play this year? Because you look at those numbers and you're like, this guy's ridiculous. He's going to pr- produce offense like crazy. Yeah, well, in in practice, according to Mark Masters from TSN, he was on the second line with Macklin Celebrini as his center. Yeah, And, you know, we'll see. There's a chance that Canada gets Matthew Poitras from the Boston Bruins or another you know one of the nhl players that could come play for them um even so i think dumay is probably solidified in his his spot in the top six you know not making it last year again you look at the these rosters say how does this guy not make it with the the way that they're scoring well this year they did not take the whl's leading scorer in riley height and so you know that it's not all about points but it's also you look at the depth of last year's team all of those guys that missed out last year, now they come in with a chip on their shoulder. Everybody's saying Canada's an underdog this year, which is so dangerous to do because <laughs> Canada is always going to find a way to be competitive at the World Juniors. And 
guys like Dume are the reason that, you know, maybe people aren't as familiar. Okay, he's not a first-round draft pick, but he's been one of the best junior hockey players in Canada over the last two, maybe three years. And you say, you know, what kind of role can he have? I mean, it's 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 to do what he's been doing with Halifax, is continue to score, uh, be a threat, uh, at, at you know throughout the through the neutral zone into the offensive zone trying to bring some of that speed skill creativity all the things that has made him successful um at the Q or in the, at the junior level and and doing it again here so I'll be fascinated to see you know how Canada finds you know their ability to score it's not like they have a lack of talent lack of world junior junior experience but they have that older team as well and Dumais in that mix um but yeah I mean I, I think obviously, you, you love to see a Canadian team with a chip on their shoulder because it makes for very exciting and entertaining games. And I think that we'll see that with this group here. As far as it goes with the draft, the 2024 draft in Team Canada, you mentioned right there, Jordan Dumais will be pet playing with Macklin Celebrini. At least right now, that's who he's playing with. Who do the Blue Jackets need to know about? Blue Jackets fans, who do they need to know about? Yeah, I mean, as far as the – this is going to be a great World Juniors to watch the draft um, for the draft. I mean, we won't, we won't have a number of top prospects, but we will have Macklin Celebrini. We will have Consta Hellenius, who is a guy that, that you should get real familiar with just because I think he's starting to get into that top five, top seven conversation. Um, a lot of players are starting to emerge. I think this year's draft class has actually really started to come into its own, and we are getting more and more excited about it. Macklin Celebrini, I want to start with him because this is like you obviously, if you have a chance to win the the, the lottery, I, I feel like because Bedard was so good last year, we are completely underestimating <laughs> how good Macklin Celebrini is. As of, you know, he left college as tied for third in the NCAA in scoring. He at various points of the season was ahead of Adam Fantilli's scoring pace and was ahead of Jack Eichel's scoring pace in their Hobie Baker seasons. He is one of the best players on one of the best. He let's rewind that. He's the best player <laughs> on one of the best teams in college hockey at 17. He does not turn 18 until June. So we are talking about the youngest player in college hockey and potentially the youngest Hobie Baker winner ever, if he does in fact win it. Um, but the thing about him is, is that it's not just about the skill. He is targeted in a way that, and was in the USHL and in college in a way that I think a lot of junior hockey players don't typically get. And he doesn't care it, that his, his, his competitiveness and his just complete nonchalance at how many shots he takes is amazing. <laughs> and so that's really, to me, one of the key factors in his success is that Nothing bothers him and everybody tries to bother him and it just doesn't work. Um, and so I, I love the way that he plays, but Consta Hellenius, another guy, a, a high scoring forward playing in Liga this year, putting up good points. You know, he's a five eleven forward that has some sturdiness to him, has some, some real good capabilities. We talked about Zeev Buyam already. That's another big guy. Um, one of the teams to kind of watch, say you end up in the middle or, you know, kind of towards the end of the top 10, top 15, um, Norway will actually have a high-end draft prospect playing in this tournament, Michael Brandsek Nygaard, who uh, plays in Sweden. And, you know, we saw David Reinbacher last year. We've seen um, Moritz Seider at, at, at various, you know, these kinds of things. 
those guys always find a way to stand out, even if their team doesn't really perform to a high level. That's going to be the guy to watch this year on one of those teams that is almost certainly going to get trounced in a lot of games. Um, but you watch him when they play, you know, the teams that are more kind of on equal footing, some of the teams that are lower down, and you can get a real good idea of what that player is all about um, because they'll have the puck more, they'll have more opportunities. Um, and, and so to have a Michael Brandsek Nygaard who competes his butt off too, that's another guy that I would, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to. Um, you know, but I mean, you just go up and down and you see there, there are plenty of players throughout this tournament that you'll be able to watch for the draft. But I mean, obviously those key guys are the ones that will be zeroed in on, um, you know, and, and, and I think that, you know, Finland in, in, in is going to be interesting. Canada is going to be interesting, but you know, that Swedish team is really the one where I'm, I'm really keeping my eyes on uh, a lot of high end guys that, and they're at home ice, you know, so that's really fascinating. Undrafted goalie, I, I did want to mention the reason that I I'm pretty high on Sweden is they have a five foot eleven goalie in Hugh, well five ten probably uh, in Hugo Havilid, who won them a gold medal at the under 18s two years ago. Very likely going to be the starter this time around. Um, it's very hard for those guys to get drafted, but he's the kind of guy where it's like he's one of those undersized goalies where you say maybe, maybe, and especially with the what he's done so. Uh, keep an eye on some of those re-entries as well. Owen Allard is another one from Canada who is an undrafted player making Team Canada. Very rare that that happens, but he made that team. So keep an eye on him as well because those are re-entry guys that you can potentially get later on. All right, I have to ask maybe what is a meatball question, but I'm thinking it, and I'm sure Blue Jackets fans listening are thinking it. You know, you mentioned Macklin Celebrini and, you know, on that same Jack Eichel, Adam Fantilli pace, Adam Fantilli is now here in Columbus. He won the Hobie Baker last year. Connor Bedard was kind of on his own planet last year, but how does a Macklin Celebrini compare to an Adam Fantilli? Yeah, you know, I mean, they their path is very similar, right? They both went through the Chicago Steel. Um, the interesting thing was, so, so Macklin accelerated his schooling to get to school earlier. Adam went in, he was a late birth date. He went in at the normal time, basically. Um, and so... Celebrini's done a lot of the things that Adam has done only a year or like a year in his development mm -hmm. earlier. Um, and in most cases has outproduced what Adam did, which is saying a ton because Adam was out of this world. And let's not forget that Fantilli was also the MVP of the Clark cup final or the Clark cup playoffs had eight goals in the playoffs when he was an under, you know, to a draft minus one player. Um, what we saw from Celebrini last season in the USHL was unprecedented. Never before happened. Top U-17 scorer in the history of the league. Uh, first player to sweep all awards in the Tier 1 era, where he was forward, MVP, and Rookie of the Year. Um, and so let's just think, a one-two punch of a Macklin Celebrini and an Adam Fantilli long-term. I'm not trying to get anybody's hopes up, but it is something, <laughs> like, if you had that, you we're talking about two number one centers, mm -hmm. you know, that's two number one centers that you obviously can't play both of them at number one center. But, you know, <laughs> if that's what you have for your, for the future down the middle, you know, we, how, how often have we talked about this, the blue jackets needing a long-term center, you could have two of them if that happens. I mean, that, so dare to dream jackets fans. It is the holiday season, the magic's in the air, you know, anything can happen, but you know, I think that he is um, to me, Celebrini is, somehow still underrated for how good he is. Um, and I, I just feel like we are underappreciated. Well, I'm not, but other, other people <laughs> are underappreciating his talent because 
He has the compete level. He has the skill. Nothing he does really like jumps off the page at you, but everything he does is at a high, high, high level. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, go back and we got plenty of highlights of Macklin Celebrini back at where I work. So, you know, (laughs) so come watch a bunch of those highlights because you'll see there's a lot there with that player. And, um, I think between him and Adam Fantilli, another player who was just one of an absolute joy to scout, um, and also to talk to, you know, both of them, great people, great players, great futures, and I, I can't wait to watch both of them develop into what I think they'll ultimately be, which is big time stars. Chris Peters, if you had to put your money on one team to win the world juniors right now, who is it going to be? You said team USA, you said team Sweden, you said team Canada, but if you had to choose right now, who is it? At, at this moment, now that I've seen the U S roster, which I hadn't seen before and knowing that they, they're going to have Rucker McGordy and knowing what their goaltending looks like, I have to go with USA. Um, you know, it was funny every year, you know, you look at the betting odds and different things and you say, oh, well, that's interesting. Canada is always favored. Um, this year, I think both the U.S. and Sweden on paper are better teams. Um, they have typically they have met at each of the last two under 18 World Championship gold medal games. Um, they have had absolute wars in those games. And the one the, the, the story here, as I mentioned earlier, that 2004 birth year for Team USA this is their last shot. There is desperation among those players to win it for their age group finally because they have been the best players. They won't have Logan Cooley, but they have everybody else. And that, to me, is the the, the determining factor, what I think will push this team over the edge because they have the goaltending, they have the skill, they have the forward talent. I, I do think that away from home in Sweden, this could be their time. All right, Chris. Well, we always really appreciate you coming on. Thanks so much. And the last thing, where can our fans follow you on socials and where can they find your work? Yeah, so uh, I will be heading to Sweden here. Uh, I'll be there for the duration of the tournament. You can read and and watch video at flowhockey.tv. We're going to have tons of analysis uh, and stuff like that. I'm on Twitter at Chris M. Peters. M is in America. Um, and uh, and that is... Uh, that is what we're going to do. I mean, I can't wait. Like I I'm, I've, I'm ready to go. I got to get through Christmas, which is very exciting. Looking forward to that with the kids, but then, uh, you know, I I'm on a plane that afternoon to get over to Sweden and I'm, I'm pretty excited to, uh, to see this tournament because I think we're, we're full of talent, uh, in terms of the entire field and it's wide open. You know, I think anybody can really win this thing in, in, in this year. Uh, so really excited to get out there. And, and Dylan, it's always a pleasure to be with you, man. And, and I, I wish happy holidays to all the Blue Jackets fans out there. All right, Chris, thanks very much and enjoy Sweden. Will do. I love it when Chris Peters joins us on the Pipeline podcast. He has such a wealth of knowledge and information when it comes to these prospects, and I always feel a million times smarter after talking to Chris. So I hope that accomplished the goal of not just getting you ready for the World Junior Championships, 
but getting you excited for the World Junior Championships. Like I mentioned earlier, there's plenty of interest this year as far as it goes with the Blue Jackets, and it's not just like the Blue Jackets have players in the tournament. They have players on some of the best teams in the tournament. You know, Team USA, you just heard Chris talk about it. He thinks has a really good chance of skating away with a gold medal, and if they're not going to do it, Team Canada might, and the Blue Jackets have two players there, so lots of good rivalry, lots of good competition, and there's a great Blue Jackets aspect to all of this as well. So make sure to check it out. Again, they drop the puck in Gothenburg, Sweden, coming up on December 26th. That'll do it for this week's edition of the Pipeline Podcast presented by Ruoff Mortgage. Want to say a huge thanks to Chris Peters for taking the time to join us. And as always, thank you very much for taking the time to listen to the Pipeline Podcast. Can't wait to talk to you soon.